visiting her son in Cambria. And we do have our special guests, Reverend Dr. Melissa and Reverend Z. Where did you go? There's, there they are. Yes. And so I'd like to tell you just a little bit about them before they come up because it's always fun to have some background. Reverend Z is a cartoonist, a spoken word artist, and you're going to get the beautiful flavor of that in a minute, an award-winning author of the spiritual human humor blog, Life in ZD, A Goofball's Guide to Enlightenment. Their wife, Reverend Dr. Melissa Felipe, is a singer, songwriter, teacher with nine albums of original music and release. Both Melissa and Z hold masters in consciousness, um, masters in consciousness studies at Ernest Holmes Institute, I believe, yes. And Z also holds a masters in spiritual counseling psychology. And Melissa has an honorary doctorate for her contributions to the field of new thought music. Melissa and Z are the founders of Oh My God Life, an online and traveling ministry. Their miss mission is to bring radical joy to the world. And I would say that they forever changed, I'm just gonna add my personal blurb to their personal blurb. Um, they forever changed my idea of what it was like to come to church mm. at a religious science church mm -hmm. because they up-leveled the game immediately for me and made me fall in love with this and how it rolls out in each person individually. So I deeply thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Megan. Thank you for being our hostess with the mostess. She's been a host in every sense of the word this weekend. Thank you for, to Reverend Debbie and the board for inviting us to be here today. Thank you to John Francis, the sound guy with the mostess. So amazing to work with him. And thank you all for being here. We're really grateful that you're here today with us. We are, I was born in Monterey. So, um, yeah, my, my dad's a biologist, and he was uh, working at the Marine Station here, and my brother and I were both born here. I spent the first five years of my life playing on the beach right over there at Hopkins Marine Station. So, I, I love this is coming home. I love being here. Okay, well, to get started, we're going to do one of our, what we call word songs. So, it's a, got spoken word and music, and we would love for you to join us. So there's a part that goes like this. I feel your peace and your presence and your power, my God, say that with me. I feel your peace and your presence and your power, my God, in the second line. I feel your peace and your presence in me, together. I feel your peace and your presence in me. That's it. Now, I always like to say, because when I was growing up, I, didn't, I was not a fan of the G word when I heard the word God. I thought of white, male, senior citizen in the sky who occasionally went off his meds. Like, <laughs> that's what it meant to me. So I always like to point that out because this is when we say, when we say God here, it's my God. Like that most loving, most powerful, most wise energy and being that I can imagine, and then it's times infinity, right? It's like so much more than we can imagine, and yet it is ours, it's right here. So yeah, okay. It started out small, something less than a touch. I didn't even know it was you. God was unreliable, a crazy man, righteous, someone I should love and fear. What kind of sense is that? It started out small, something less than a touch. I didn't even know it was you. When I stumbled upon your power, I lost what I was taught. The crazy and the righteous 
enfolded in a love so vast it stretched the very definition of the word love together I feel your peace and your presence and your power my God I feel your peace and your presence in me I feel your peace and your presence and your power my God I feel your peace and your presence in me I surrender I surrender to I surrender, I surrender to your love. You are not outside of me. And yet you are, it makes no sense, but then it does for you are here, wherever here may be. I speak to you, you speak to me. The voice is mine and not mine, landing in the space between where you and I vanish and begin stretching the very definition of the word, me. You, together, I feel your peace and your, your presence and your power. My your God, I feel your peace and your presence, presence in me. I feel your peace and your presence and your power. My God, I feel your peace and your presence in me. I surrender, I surrender to your love. I I feel your peace and I your presence and your power. My God, I feel your peace and your presence in me. I feel your peace and your presence and your power. My God, I feel your peace and your presence in me. I feel your peace and your presence and your power. My God, I feel your peace and your presence in me I feel your peace and your presence and your power my God I feel your peace and your presence in me I feel your peace and your presence and your power my God I feel your peace and your presence in me I feel your peace and your presence and your power, my God, I feel your peace and your presence in me. I feel your peace and your presence and your power, my God, I feel your peace and your presence in me. I feel your peace and your presence and your power, my God, I feel your peace and your presence in me. I surrender. I feel your peace and your presence and your power. Hmm.
Thank you. I feel your peace and your presence and your power, except when I don't, right? Like, sometimes it's there and we feel it and we're connected and we know the truth and then sometimes it's like, where's the truth? Why am I here? What's going on? And what we wanna talk about today is how to be there more often, and specifically how to strengthen our relationship with that power, our relationship with spirit. One of the ways it's referred to is the I-thou relationship, that idea of having an actual relationship with that power that's greater than us. The I-thou relationship. Why should we do it? What does it look like? How does it work like that? That's what we wanna talk about today. What do you think, does that work? you? All right. Okay. Melissa is going to get us started. Go. Yes, I will. Hey. I have notes, but they're hidden. Um, mm. I kind of have to pull myself back a little bit after that piece. <sighs> when I was growing up, we went to church all the time. Every Sunday morning, we put on our Sunday best and we went off to church. And that is where I first learned about God. The God that I learned about was that senior citizen in one of his meds. That was the one I learned about. The one I could talk to that also was randomly punishing. <laughs> it seemed to me random. When I was in sixth grade, my parents took me out of public school and put me in private school, and guess where I went? To our church. Every flippin' day, Monday through Friday, I was in church. Every morning, listening to more about that God, right? And you know, that's around the age, right, where you start to have, you start to think your own thoughts about what those adult people are saying. And so I started paying attention more, and I started noticing that for me, there seemed to be some irrational discretions in what I was hearing about this God. This God was supposed to be all-loving, right? But also, my best friend, Donna, Donna Abrahams was going to be going to hell because she happened to be Jewish. So she didn't celebrate the Lord Jesus as her savior because she was Jewish. And I, it really ticked me off. You know the word I want to say? It really made me mad. This contrasting view like how that doesn't that doesn't line up for me it doesn't line up for me in fact it made me so enraged like really enraged that now i realize i will never know quite how much of a contribution that rage made to my becoming a drug addict around that age seventh grade yeah. So what did I do with that? I did what I think a lot of us did, it seems like. I turned away from spirit. I turned away from that because it upset me. And I didn't really want a relationship with that version of God. And that's the only one I knew about. So I turned away entirely. Now the good news for, I think, all of us, but certainly for me, is that on July 31st, 30 years ago, this July 31st, really soon, I have 30 years clean and sober. <laughs> Trust me, I would not be standing here today talking to you. <laughs> if that weren't true. 
I probably wouldn't be alive, but I certainly wouldn't be here. They wouldn't give me a microphone on Sunday morning. So it's a really, really good thing. And very soon after I got clean and sober, like I think a lot of people in Centers for Spiritual Living, I found then religious science, still called that, but it was Church of Religious Science, right? And Science of Mind, and this philosophy. I found my way to this place. And here, thank God, I started hearing about and talking about God in a new way. I started hearing about this other version of God, right? So one of them is that God, spirit, this, this power and presence is all that is. It is all that is, all the time, everywhere. This is actually our first step of prayer in science and mind philosophy. Spirit is all that is. We like remind ourselves and get ourselves into that remembering of the vast infiniteness. Like as vast as you can imagine it, it's infinitely more. It's like that kind of awesome, infinite power that is love itself. That God. That God worked for me, right? And then step two, it happens to be, but that other aspect of the divine that is, well, if spirit is all there is all the time everywhere, that's what's happening right here. In me. In Donna Abrahams. It's that God, that spirit, that love, that infinite love. That is what is breathing me. That is what is every aspect of my being. That really worked for me. That version of spirit and of the divine really worked for me. What also worked for me is that I wasn't hearing in those days about this other God at all. This God to whom I could relate, have conversation, like have a relationship. I wasn't hearing that unless it was in a roomy poem. Then I'd hear about you right? But otherwise, I wasn't hearing that. Now, that, that totally worked for me because I had some upset and wounding still around the God I'd grown up hearing about. I didn't really want to hear about it anymore. Did anyone else have that experience growing up? Right? What is with that? Those people. <laughs> so since then, I've learned about the three faces, they call it the three faces of the divine, the three faces of God. There is God as we, that infinite, all-encompassing, everywhere present, infinite one. That's God as we. There's God as I, which is the right here. If it's everywhere, it's right here. And then there's God as you. God as you. You to whom I can talk and with whom I can have a relationship. I can talk to you. I can hear from you. It's a different feeling. You feel that? It's a very different feeling. Now, the thing that's cool about this, that's sort of mind-blowing for me, every time I just, this to me is a meditation in and of itself that I love, that is that these three faces of the divine, when we are praying to, talking to, being with that infinite beloved you, it isn't just outside of me. It is you that is the same you that is that infinite everywhere present that is right here in me. And yet I can have a relationship with it. What? It's so cool. It blows my mind every time. And to me, that's a three-dimensional relationship with the divine. So 10 years ago, after being around here for a while, and after being sober for 20 years, obviously, if you do the math, I surrendered to spirit and went to ministerial school. And in that training, Z and I were in most of it together, and we took this one class together in which there was a guided meditation. During this guided meditation, we were in, you know how they say, go to your, your safe, your comfortable place, right? And for me, that's on a beach. I'm in this, I'm on this beach and the, it's a sunny beach. It's not Monterey. 
it's probably Hawaii or something. And I'm there with spirit. And this is where this all shifted for me, is that we had an experience of being with spirit on, for me on this beach and having a conversation with spirit. One of the questions that was asked was, what is it that I, I asked spirit, this is the guided meditation, right? Ask, your, ask spirit while you're there, as long as you're there chatting, ask spirit, what is your name for it? And I heard this like it was like an entity outside of me speaking to me. I heard a voice say, the all. The all. And it just like, it just went through me like a breeze. The all. Like, ooh, I like that, you know? So the next morning, I'm walking along. I start doing my five-step prayer treatment, which I do walking. I do, not always walking every day, but I do that kind of prayer because I love that prayer that we do and teach. I start doing it, but I'm saying you and I'm talking to spirit. Ta-ta. And the moment I did that, I said, you are all that is. And just saying you and talking to it, it was like a remembering of that meditation the day before because in that meditation, I had an experience I had not yet had that was an experience of being loved so powerfully that it blew my heart open. I was sobbing in that meditation because I was so loved. I had not ever felt that loved. It just blew my mind. And the next morning when I said, you are all that is, I felt that again. It was this heart-centered, emotional connection that I had not been having with spirit since Donna Abraham days, because I didn't want to have a relationship with that spirit. And since then, I had been having these other aspects, and it was more, for me, more mental, right? It really shifted it for me. Soon thereafter, after a couple weeks of this, I started feeling like saying the all every time I wanted to say spirit's name. It was cumbersome, so I asked it if I could shorten it, I thought it might be a little blasphemous, but can I just say the first two initials, the all, and call you Ta. And again, I heard like a voice, but it was laughter, this big like, oh, ho, 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 ho. I do not care what you call me. So I started thinking about that and thinking about how it's like other relationships. When we're with someone for a long time and we get closer and really start to get intimate with someone, we have a nickname for them. It is a very strange thing to hear Z say, Melissa, because I am baby. You can call me Reverend Dr. Baby if you'd like. <laughs> and Z is baby. And it's weird when I say Z if I'm speaking directly to Z. And if I'm speaking directly to the divine now, it is somewhat odd for me to not say ta, because that's that intimacy. So what we're inviting you to do is create that, consciously create that kind of intimacy with spirit, in case you haven't. I know a lot of you already have, but you can always deepen it because it's infinite, it can go even more. So first of all, of course, you have an intention. I'm going to go deeper in my walk with spirit, my relationship. And then you can ask it, what is your name that I should call you? The perfect name for me to refer to you. What is that? And then after a while, if there's a nickname, you can be sure it's okay to use that. And here's the last hack that Z and I use that's kind of our favorite. I like saving the, the best. And that is this. So we pray, including that we pray to Spirit, you, please help me deepen 
my connection with you, my feeling with you, my intimacy with you, my ability to hear you and talk to you, my comfort with you, deepen my intimacy with you. Because here's the thing, you know, we all pray for everything all the time, right? But if we pray for that, it kind of covers everything else. Because then we hear the inner guidance. We know that it's spirit when it's spirit talking to us. We start to recognize when it is that and when it is, you know, our egoic structure talking to us. It makes everything better. It just covers the whole territory. So that is our invitation to you this morning and to talk more about all of that yummy relationship and more of the goodies that come from it. I give you baby. <laughs> oh boy. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. I love the I-thou relationship. I love that. And for me, there's tons of benefits, but there's a couple. One is an increased relationship with my intuition, knowing what to say and what not to say, what to do and what not to do in every moment. I love having that increased intimacy and connection with my intuition. And I also get messages from spirit more and more all the time. I call them downloads. And my downloads sometimes are, come in the form of metaphors. It's very biblical, actually. So I get these metaphors. And when Melissa and I were about to graduate from ministerial school, I got this one particular metaphor that was totally life-changing for us, just changed everything. And in order to have this make sense, I have to tell you a story about a cat. All right, so this was about 20 years ago now. 20 years ago, I had this breakup. It was a bad breakup. I was really bummed out, and I decided that what I needed to fix everything was a cat, right? Yeah, now up at, at my point, at, at that point in my life, every other cat I'd already gotten had just come to me. You know how cats do that? They just choose you, like cat had showed up at my door or at work or someone, a friend of mine said, here's a cat. That was not happening. I was waiting and waiting, it wasn't happening. So I finally took things into my own hands. I'm like, I'm gonna go get a cat. So I go to the local animal shelter and they had a big room with all the cats and I went and found this cute little cat and I said, that's the cat I want. And the people at the shelter said, well, that cat is already taken, but here's one who looks just like her. So I go over to this other cat and I pick her up for about 30 seconds and then she bites me. So I put her down and I said, I'll take her. <laughs> I wanted a cat. I, was, I wanted my cat. I wanted it now. So I took her home, but actually, no, I didn't take her home because first, they had, I had to give them two references and they had to call both people and talk to them before they would let me leave with this cat. They also had me sign my name like in blood, basically saying, I will never return this cat to you and I will not give the cat away to anybody else either. Like, this was... I had to go through some hoops to get this cat, but I did it. I wanted my cat. I got her, I brought her home, and I named her Lucy. A week later, a friend of mine calls and says, I found this cat. It's a perfect cat for you. And I said, oh, well, okay, I'll go check him out. So I go to this pet store, and there's this little adorable male, orange male, tabby and it was love at first sight I love this little guy and he loved me and he didn't bite me and he was really easy to take home so I brought him home too and I named him Max but the problem was Lucy and Max did not get along like really did not get along it was like World War Five in my house I had got him a small house and the vet that I was taking him to said you know tortoiseshells which is what Lucy was, tortoiseshells, sometimes they make better only children, right? But I couldn't take her back. Like, I had signed my name in blood for this cat. So a friend of mine took Max. It broke my heart, but my friend took Max. Now it's just me and Lucy. And it was, you know, good. Um, it might surprise you to know she had a tendency to bite. Yeah, she was tough. She, a friend of mine used to say she looks like she spent time in the pokey. She was like, 
She's a tough cat. Yeah, and I, and I never knew when she was going to bite. Like, I would just be, you know, you could, I kind of learned to tell the signs, but sometimes, no. There she was. So yeah, that was, that was that. 13 years go by. Still got Lucy. About to graduate from ministerial school. Get this download. And the download says, you and Melissa are about to start your ministry. You can approach your ministry one of two ways. You can approach your ministry like you did with Lucy. You can go out and make it happen. And if you do, you're going to love it. I did love Lucy. But it's also going to kind of bite. <laughs> or you can approach your ministry like you did every other cat, letting me, letting spirit do it. It's going to go way better, trust me. Now, before I got that download, I had never gotten that correlation. I'd never gotten that connection. That, that Lucy was the one cat that I'd done it on my timing, and she was the most difficult animal I'd ever had. I'd never put that together. And then, a few months after I get this download, Lucy dies. Suddenly and unexpectedly, we're upstairs, we hear this noise, we come downstairs, she's having a seizure, never had one of those before, and then she's gone, like, two minutes later. We were like, we have to take her to the, no, like, oh. That's, it was very much like Lucy, right? Because Lucy was so, like, unexpected and just sudden, so she was like, I'm out of here. Like, bye! No time for closure, yeah. We found out she had a congenital heart thing or something, there's nothing we could have done, so yeah. So here we are. Starting our ministry, we've been given very strict instructions, and now we have a death to, like, you know, tell us what to do. Did we listen? Well, kind of. Now, now, when Spirit said, don't push, we, we knew what that meant, because it didn't mean we just sit around and do nothing, right? I mean, we're creatives. We're at home. We're making music. We're doing art. We're doing classes. We're doing all this stuff, right? So that, that felt very easy and downstream, but we knew that, that spirit had meant don't push it, don't hustle to like go out in the world and make things happen, right? Did we do that? Well, we made some calls. And by we, I mean Melissa. Uh, she, she called a few centers, centers for spiritual living, unities, things like that. Hi, this is Melissa Felipe. I used to go around, sing at different, hi, yes, it's me. Hi, good to talk to you again. Yes, um, well, I'm a minister now. Thank you. Yes, yes, thank you, yeah, I'm a minister. And uh, my wife is a minister too. Yes, I have a wife. I know, it surprised me too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have one of those, yeah. My wife's name is Z. Yeah, just the letter. Yeah, just the letter Z. Yeah, that, mm-hmm, yes. They're a minister as well. Oh, they. No, there's just one Z. No, there's just one, one Z. Uh, they, Z is gender rich, so they use the pronoun they. No, there's not, no, just one. It, it's, the, it's the singular they. It's, yep, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah, anyway, anyway, yeah. Um, so, we're, we're going around and we're doing talk and music everywhere, and um, we do this thing with our music now, where I sing, and Z does spoken word. Hello? Hello? Yeah, it didn't go so well. It was hard to explain what we did. The pushing thing, it didn't really work. So finally, after one particularly uncomfortable, don't call us, we'll call you, we finally just said, you know, we're ministers. Maybe we should surrender to spirit. Like really, like all the way, like 100%. So we did. And it took like a year or two to really all the way listen. And wouldn't you know it, after doing that, we started to get more and more invitations to do more and more things, including things that we didn't think we wanted to do. We decided we don't do retreats. No, we don't do that anymore. We got invited to do this one particular retreat. We love doing retreats. And we, were, and we watched the way everything was fitting together like this perfect puzzle, the way the online stuff created and helped support the in the world, and then that supported the online at home. 
And people would say, your business plan is like amazing. And we'd say, I know, right? Because we didn't do any of it. Spirit is so much smarter than we are. Like, really? And also, and I know that people here, you know this too, that by listening to spirit, even when we want to argue, even when it's scary, even when we have our own ideas, that for us, by doing that in such a bigger way, because it felt scarier, it deepened our connection to spirit. It deepened our reliance on spirit. Because here we were, and you know how they have that metaphor, like sometimes it's like you're driving a car and, and all you can see is like just where the headlights go? Well, for us, it was like the headlights felt like they were just one inch headlight, like one inch in front. Like we can barely see what's next. And that's scary. That's scary. And so for us, being willing to do that, being willing to do that one inch headlights version, it deepened that connection with spirit. And it, that's what it took. It took that kind of faith and willingness and getting a message that didn't make sense to us and being willing to do it anyway. That's what it took to deepen that connection. Right about this time, I'm in Ohio visiting my folks and Melissa is doing errands. She runs into a friend who says, I have this cat living under my house. Now, Melissa and I really wanted a cat. We'd been waiting over a year, but we weren't about to go get it ourselves because <laughs> we got told about the cat, right? But this friend just goes, hey, I got this cat living under my house. You want a cat? And Melissa says, maybe, can you send me a picture? So I'm in Ohio, Melissa, I see this picture, I say, I think that's our cat. She says, I know, I think that's our cat. Also, when I'm looking at this picture, I get another download from Spirit that says that cat's name is Max. Now, as you know by now, I like to argue with Spirit, so I say that cat can't be named Max, because I already, I already had a Max. Melissa calls me the next day, she goes, you're not, I, I keep getting that this cat's name is Max, but his name can't be Max, right? So Max came home to live with us, and not surprisingly, he is the best, most awesome cat that I've ever had. I mean, he's, I could go on and on. He has us wrapped around his little paw. Uh, and I got it, when I was putting this talk together, I got it, why his name is Max. I'd never even thought about this before. Because when the first Max came, when he was the more surrendered version, right? Because Lucy was the gonna make it happen, and Max was the like, just, it happened, right? but I had to give that surrendered Max up. But it's never too late to surrender to spirit, right? It's never too late to surrender to spirit. So I got another Max. Spirit was like, I gotcha, right? So we have a picture of our little guy. I believe that uh, John can bring that up. And it's, it's right there. There he is, that's our guy. We call him our little rubber nose prince because his nose to us looks like rubber. Um, and I, I said that once before, Melissa's like, you don't have to tell them that his, 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 his nose is not actually made of rubber, but I feel like I have to explain that, but yeah, that's our, that's our guy. He is now our ministry mascot, because we have him around all the time, and he is a reminder to us, right, that whenever we feel like we want to argue, whenever we feel like our idea is better than what we've been given, whenever it feels scary, whenever it feels like too much, we just look in those eyes and are like, oh, okay. Because surrender is not weakness, right? It's not giving up. It's empowered surrender. It's empowered surrender. Because my experience, at least, is the more I surrender to spirit, the more life just gets more and more amazing, more and more incredible, more and more magical, and it doesn't bite, right? <laughs> Yeah, spirit is so much smarter than I am. Say that with me. Spirit is so much smarter than I am. One more time. Spirit is so much smarter than I am. And it's never too late to surrender to spirit. Say that with me. It's, it's never, never too late to surrender to spirit. One more time. It's never too late to surrender to spirit. Amen. And so it is. We like doing this talk because it's a 
basically a description of the last five years of our life, so that's, that's it. When also around the time we were graduating from ministerial school, we heard of this book that another campus was reading called The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope. You ever heard of that one? The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope. It's Dharma stories based on the Bhagavad Gita. It's a very eclectic book. It's incredible, incredible. The Great Work of Your Life. And the most inspirational story for us in that was the story of Harriet Tubman. So, you know Harriet Tubman? She's going to be on the $20 bill, I claim and affirm. Right now, apparently it's on hold, but she is going to be on the $20 bill. Apparently they have stamps that people, they've sold out on Etsy. They have, you have one? Oh, you can get it on Amazon now. Okay, because someone told me the last place we did this that they, were, they sold out on Etsy. Yeah, but because you can like stamp her on the, on the 20, just like get her on there. Yeah. She fits perfectly, right? She's made to go on a bill, yeah. Anyway, Harriet Tubman for us is like the best example of a story of the power of the I-thou relationship. And we wrote a word song about her, and it's called Walk by Faith. Hmm. No matter where. Starting from There is a voice Calling you True story. When Harriet Tubman first escaped from slavery, she heard a voice that said, I want you to help free others. You know what Harriet Tubman said to that voice? She said, no. She said, not me. She said, I can't. I can't. But the voice wouldn't let up. It wouldn't let her be. I want you to help free others. I want you to help free others. Finally, Harriet Tubman, the woman who would be known as Moses, said yes. Yes. Walk by faith, not by sight. Moses walked in the middle of the night, step by step. She followed a voice. She couldn't shut it off. She didn't have a choice. It told her when to move. It told her when to wait. She was walking in its footsteps. She was walking in its grace. It wasn't just her people Moses led through the night. It was anyone who's ever walked by faith and not by sight. You've got to walk by faith. Not by sight, listening every step of the way. Walk on, walk on into the night. Let that northern star be your guiding light. True story. Harriet. Tubman, with the help of the Union Army, once freed 750 slaves in one day. Can you imagine 750 people? She liberated an entire plantation. The voice of spirit doesn't mess around. When you listen to that voice, you were never the same. When you listen to that voice, you are free. And it doesn't stop there. You take others with you. The 750 are still alive today. They're your sisters and your brothers in struggle and in pain. They're your doubts and your fears. When you say, I can't, but you can. And you will. When you walk by faith, not by sight, Moses walked in the middle of the night, step by step. She followed a voice. She couldn't shut it off. She didn't have a choice. It told her when to move. It told her when to wait. She was walking in its footsteps. She was walking in its grace. It wasn't just her people Moses led through the night. It was anyone who's ever walked by faith and not by sight. You've got to walk by faith. 
not by sight, listening every step of the way. Walk on, walk on into the night. Let that northern star be your guiding light. No matter where your journey is starting from, there is a voice calling you, yeah, taking you home. You've got to walk, walk by, by faith, faith, not by sight. Moses walks in the middle of the night, step by step. She followed a voice. She couldn't shut it off. She didn't have a choice. It told her when to move. It told her when to wait. She was walking in its footsteps. She was walking in its grace. It wasn't just her people Moses led through the night. It was anyone who's ever walked by faith and not by sight. Walk on, into the night. Let that northern star be your guide. It wasn't just your people Moses led through the night. It was anyone who's ever walked by faith and not by 